Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special study episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's Stunning Sean alongside who could have been the possible owner of ROH Professional Wrestling, but some <laughs> guy named Tony Khan outbid him. <laughs> David, how did that happen? Well, apparently, um, they're going to do all the Ring of Honor house shows from Craven Cottage, Fulham Football Club. I don't know, it's just a rumor I've heard. So, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Uh, welcome, everyone. It's good to be back yet again. We're a day early because uh, it's Revolution Weekend. And we're um, we're mixing our schedule up just for you because we really quite like you. Well, I feel like this coming up AEW pay-per-view is one of the most anticipated pay-per-views of the year so far. And it deserves its own special post-show. So that will be coming out Tuesday evening for us. But we're here today to give you all the events that happened up to Revolution. And there has been some funny things that happened this week of professional wrestling, David. <laughs> yes, it has. So with that being said, let's go over to our control center and catch us up on the news of the week. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, David, I'm going to hit you with a name from the past. Michael Elgin, who used to work for Impact Wrestling, is back in the news again. And apparently he is suing Impact Wrestling for $5 million. Because he's claiming that they destroy his ability to wrestle around the world. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Um, that's quite a unique um, lawsuit. I'd, I'd love to know the millions. And um, Let's put it like this. He wasn't on millions of dollars on Impact. On Impact. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Um, Michael Elgin is, um, whilst decent wrestler, I always enjoy. I've never, I've never watched a Michael Elgin match and thought that sucks. But he's known for being a sandwich short of a picnic. I think is the is the phrase backstage and. I think this has manifested himself with this lawsuit. I think he's got no hope in hell of, of, of winning this lawsuit. However, I'm prepared to follow it and see where it goes because I thought, as I read the case, well, you obviously sent it to me as well, but it, it was something I'd already seen anyway. And I, I, I was giggling as I read it, which is why I was giggling when you you made you know you read out about it. It's just absolute madness. Particularly in these days with... And, and let's face it, how the hell is he going to get millions of dollars out of Impact? You know, they haven't got millions of dollars, which surely he knows. Exactly. I feel like if he got $5 million out of Impact, Impact would cease to operate. I mean, Anthem wouldn't have any money for Impact anymore. They would be like, oh, hey, Tony Khan, uh, do you want this Impact library for like $8 million? <laughs> it's bizarre. Um but it's a funny story, and I'll, you know, hopefully it's got enough legs to amuse me for the foreseeable future, sure. I always thought of Michael Elgin as, like, a person who couldn't get out of his own way. I mean, there was moments in the ROH where I feel like they wanted to do something special with him, but you yep. always heard stories of things coming up where he got in his own way. Yeah. If we work on the no smoke without fire premise, there was a lot uh, backstage stories regarding one individual for some of them not to be have some you know have some legs if you like um i just i just disappoint we won't see that mullet ever again in the wrestling ring because i like that mullet well we will keep you addressed of this lawsuit as it makes its way through the legal system here in the united states keep me in touch about the mullet as well i love that mullet our second story of the week <laughs> 
Well, you know, I've been kind of surprised because we haven't seen Cody Rhodes on Raw or SmackDown <laughs> in the last two weeks. And I've been worrying, where is Cody Rhodes? So apparently, reported by Sean Roth from Fightful, his talks with the WWE have kind of hit a snag. So he's in this limbo place, and he may need to go talk to Tony go like, hey, Tony, can we talk for a minute? Mate, you're, you're two for two this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was slightly surprised about this. Um, I'd love to be the fly on the wall on those contract negotiations. You know, what was the thing that sent them over the edge? Did he want his own reality TV show? Because I broke the last one. You know, did he want Brandy to be front of house all the time? You know, um, did he just want to go straight into the world title picture? I really don't know, mate. I I, I find it amusing that it's broken down. And as you said, is he going to have to go back to Tony? And will Tony just laugh at him? He could go back to Ring of Honor, I suppose. Oh, wait, hang on. You know, I, don't, he, he, I can't believe it's... I can't believe he would be that stupid having done what he's done with AEW to then not be able to make a deal with WWE. There is some serious ego issues there. Um, and I can't believe that, Cody, because he's quite clearly a humble guy. I mean, I feel like there was some talk with the WWE, but I was wondering if they ever had a contract kind of like laid out yeah no 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 i i agree with that i don't think there was but obviously there's been some sort of negotiation because i mean when we found out that tony khan bought real honor and the back of my head was like maybe cody's gonna be the person that runs real honor backstage and doesn't have a on-screen persona for real honor <laughs> now you know what you nearly made a very good point there and you nearly came up with a wonderful solution. And then you went and spoilt it and said, and have no on-air personality or not go in front of the camera. He can't not do that. There's no two ways. Could you imagine if he's running Ring of Honor and it's new guys, they've got good budget because obviously Tony can do this. So they're going to get a better, I'm sure we're going to come on to discuss the pros and cons of all this. Um, we're gonna, he's going to get a better budget, so the shows are going to be more. You know, more. You know, one of the criticisms of Ring of Honor over the years was that it, because it, it lived within a very tight budget, that some of the production values weren't the best. So Ring of Honor now is probably whatever form it comes in, it's going to get good production values. Do you think Cody could not? stick himself in front of the camera. Uh, He just can't, mate. But it's a good idea. He just wouldn't do it. Well, I mean, you could do a ring of honor with Cody being the focus point where he needs to get over the fact that he wants to be a babyface because I feel like he is a natural hill. He screams hill now. Could you, if Ring of Honor had their traditional audience, it's only, it's not dissimilar to an AEW audience. They're just going to boot the crap out of it. Whether whether it's cheap heat, whether it's proper heat, you know, whatever heat, whether it's go away heat, I hadn't considered that idea, but I think it's a very very good idea of having him running it backstage. But he won't be able to do that. He wouldn't be able to do that, which is what is the only flaw in 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 a, in a decent argument. Well, my third story of the week was a story from last week because the person we know as Cesaro, Claudio Casanovi, <laughs> has quietly let his contract run out with the WWE, so he's a free agent. So, hey, Tony Khan, you need somebody to be the focus point of your reign of honor? Claudio Casanelli, please sign. Do you know what he should do? 
get old a hero as well, bring them back into Ring of Honor as the kings of wrestling. I'd get my, I'd be that excited. My computer, I'd, I'd just be beside myself. Get the kings of wrestling back into Ring of Honor or whatever they, they're going to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, again, you're on fire this week with your questions and your points. Yeah, absolutely. Claudio's got to come to Tony. He's got so much to offer. So much to offer. He's brilliant in the ring. He can still work a mic if he's allowed to. Go back and look at the Ring of Honor versus um, CCW angle from... Oh, I can't remember it. I know it culminated in the Cage of Death match over a summer. And it was absolutely brilliantly done. And Claudio turned so many times in that feud. But it was brilliant. Abs- he can work a mic as well, given the chance. Yeah, I hope you're right, and he does. And he fronts up with that Ring of Honor. Okay, our final story of the week. Vince McMahon is going to be the person to induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame 2022 class coming up this WrestleMania weekend. Is he the right person to do this, David? You are on fire this week. Well, obviously, um, Paul Bearer's unfortunately um, not with us anymore because he would have been an obvious choice. Glenn Jacobs seems likely to have gone a little bit do-lally. So... <laughs> I think he maybe has forfeited the right. Um, and it doesn't leave many options, to be fair. And um, Vince and, uh, and Takers have a good relationship. So uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone else. I mean, there's only two other options I can see since my beloved quote-unquote mayor of Knotts County, where I live, Glenn Jacobs, decided to go on Twitter and tweet some stuff that was really stupid. You can have your choices of the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, or Bruce Pitchard. Now, out of the three options, I feel like Vince might be the best option of the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce probably next, and Ted last. I know I can see why you picked both of those. But yeah, I think, I think Vince is fair, actually. I don't think that that's Vince getting himself over. And I think that's actually the fact that the head of the company is bringing Taker in gives due deference to Taker his career, his legacy, and what he's done for the WWF slash E. Exactly. You could easily argue The Undertaker was one of the two people that saved WWE from that evil yep. underdog company called WCW. Yep. Yeah, him and Austin, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. And they were loyal. I know Brett had his issues with, and I could sort of understand the way Brett got tweeted. Having, you know, you watch Wrestling With Shadows, you can see... Brett's frustration, particularly with Michael's at his worst, um, to have to deal with. So I understand why Brett moved, um, and I don't hold that against Brett personally, even though it was the worst move of his career in the end. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. But yeah, no, I think Vince, yeah, I think Vince pays, will pay true respect to one of the biggest five superstars of my generation, of my era. Vince paying tribute to put Taker in, yeah. Totally the right decision. As long as his speech is an old man's speech. Well, if you go and watch the Pat McAfee show from this past week on YouTube, he seemed to be in a very coherent, talkative persona. So I feel like what we see on Raw is kind of him acting like it. So if we get the Pat McAfee version of Vince McMahon, yeah, sign me up for this. Yep, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, no issue with that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the wrestling news this week. Let's slide over to the sunny six questions and see what happened in this past week of professional wrestling. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. 
Okay, David, I'm going to start us with our favorite show of the week, Monday Night Raw. Because on this past week's Monday Night Raw, they literally turned Edge heel as he got a chance to wrestle AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Has Edge got to a point where he's one of those people that nobody wants to boo and this heel turn is ill-advised? Yeah, you've just summed it up. You've put a rhetorical question in. And the current climate, AJ's about a heel. Edge is, you know, Edge, Edge is still running the wave of the returning nostalgia of and he's still having good matches. Don't get me wrong, AJ Edge is one of the few things, the very few things at WrestleMania that I'm asked about because there's very little that bothers me about it. But yeah, to be fair, Sean, certainly having watched AEW again this week, the WWE booking is embarrassing. It's awful. And you could, there's nothing at the moment where you could give it a pat. Give, give, say, a segment, an angle, um, a storyline, a pass. Never knows, never mind saying, well, it's good. You, you know, just giving it a, And turning Edge heel, the crowd don't want to boo Edge. You know, you turn someone baby face or heel because the crowd are now ready to, you know, turn with them, if you like. You know, because otherwise it just doesn't work. And it doesn't work in this case. For me. See, to me, I feel like Edge has got to that status where it's like Ric Flair and nobody wants to boo Ric Flair. And yep. we all know Edge's backstory yep. and the fact that he's one serious bump away from never wrestling again. Yep. There's no reason for this hill turn. I mean, he's great as a hill. I love rated R superstar Edge. He was good as a hill back in the day. Yeah. But he's at the point where he's a legend. We don't want to boo the legend. Give us a straight-up babyface AJ Styles versus a babyface Edge match. And WWE, I'm warning you, please do not do this Shinsei Nakamura versus AJ Styles WrestleMania match, or I'll go on here and burn that show down to the ground. Oh, mate. Uh, yeah. <sighs> to be fair, after seeing that Ricochet won the Intercontinental title um, last night, it's just like I, I, I despair. Genuinely despair. So, um... Uh, please tell me you've got a dynamite question coming up. You know, it's funny you mentioned Ricochet winning the Intercontinental title. So, study question number two. Out of Finn Balor being the U.S. champion and Ricochet being the Intercontinental champion, who's going to keep the belt longer? Finn Balor. I have to agree with you, David, because the way Ricochet won the title on SmackDown on Friday night, it was Johnny Knoxville coming out, and you get the roll-up one, two, three surprise pin, and you know that this is not going to last more than a couple of weeks for a very talented <laughs> Ricochet who needs to let his contract run out so he can go to better passers. Hey, mate. Don't worry, they're going to put the Intercontinental title on Knoxville next. David, I don't want to see that. No, 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 nope, nope. No, 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 I'm not saying I do. Please don't get me wrong, but you know what they're like, mate. I can see them doing it on WrestleMania, putting the title on Johnny Knoxville. Luckily for them, and I'm not there, or I would be like you, I'd be storming the ring. Mate. And he's less offensive than David Arquette, but I could see him doing it. David, I'd rather have David Arquette be WCW champion before I see Johnny Knoxville Intercontinental champion. Okay. Well, I mean, neither's good. I think we're agreed on that, sure. Okay, steady question number three. Let's get away from Rob for thank goodness. Yeah, good. Yeah, let's do that. Standing question number three. How good was the past Wednesday night episode of AEW Dynamite Wrestling? Was it a good go-home show to their pay-per-view? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, with 
with one or two minor exceptions, um, Jade Cargill should never be allowed a mic. That's the only match that I'm not looking forward to because it's just not convincing. They built, they gave everyone a little bit of time. They gave every story. They, they, you know, they even gave the Sting um, trios match some. Finally, gave it reasons for you know whatever. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Dynamite this week. Um, I have to say, go back to last week's show. When you asked me the question about was it the best babyface promo ever, and I called it, I thought I believe 100%. I believe because you can see it coming. And but that said, sometimes seeing it coming is a good thing, and that's worked out how it worked this week with Punk and MJF. You knew it was going to happen. Even the commentators were were dropping gentle hints, um, and they did it well. The timing was good. You know, it played into everything last week. They got away. I I now think that they got away with last week's rather than it being a good babyface promo. They got away with actually doing it. And then the way they did it paid off this week to leave MJF standing tall going into the show at the weekend, which means Punk's winning Saturday night. The only thing I'm coming out of this was they're giving MJF all the heat right now because yeah. I feel like CM Punk's going to win yeah. this feud even though part of me wishes <coughs> MJF would win this feud because I feel like MJF cheating to win this match would fire him up even more as you spin him off into a possible AEW world title picture. Well, no, I think what they're going to do and they, they, they really, they, they escalated this on Wednesday night. I think the Wardlow feud is very, very close now. If you look at the fact that of the slap, the the argument backstage in the backstage segment, um, I think that come Saturday, I wouldn't be at all surprised that that at the end of the punk or during the punk the dog collar match, that that brings out a further step into the Wardlow feud. And that will be where MJF and Wardlow go next. I do see that being the next feud for MJF, especially after that backstage segment. Now, another thing that I did enjoy was the other thing that we called, and the fact we're getting this trio match with Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Jungle Express, just stay out of the way, just stay in the back. One of you two take the pin. Let us have the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon, please, for about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did call that. Um, I, I believe I instantly mentioned it, and you. There was a pregnant pause, and you went, "Yes, of course." Whilst they gave the returning top flight some time on Wednesday night, and um, Darius was it Darius return? Yeah, it was the first time Darius actually wrestled in front of a crowd in a year because yeah, yeah. he's been away with that ACL injury for a year, and yeah, that's right. And they gave him the biggest shine possible. And there was a second there where I thought, you know what? They might let Top Flight get into this match. Nah, never I mean, for one it's like 30 seconds. I mean, like, I had a half a second where I thought it. Then I saw, oh, wait, Red Dragon's out here. <laughs> yeah, I can see how this no. is going to set up now. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, never for one minute did I think that Top Flight were going over. But it was nice to see him back. Obviously, you don't wish, you know, that sort of injury on anyone. And it was great to see he didn't miss a beat. And Top Flight will have their, I, I believe, their chance will come if allowed. But yes, it did play out exactly as we predicted. So we're on a roll, me and you, at the moment with that. Regards that, and I agree with you, I don't care. And I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'd even take the books regaining the title um, as long as it got it off um, Jurassic Express, who I now, irrelevant of the talents of Jungle Boy, I cannot stand. Obviously, Perfect Storm, 
would be for Red Dragon to hold the title belts. Well, I feel like this is the point where you could break Jungle Express <coughs> up because I feel like there's just been a transitional tag team champions and Jungle Boy is clearly the more talented professional yep. wrestler, the person that you could push more as a yep. single performer, and I feel like him yep. as a single performer would be better for him in a long run. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't disagree with that at all. And I do think they need to get him away. The theme music gets him over. The fact of his family history gets him over. I think you wrestle, you build him a la Darby, a la Sammy. He's another potential pillar of the company going forward. Exactly, David. Now, there's been two added matches to the upcoming AEW oh, Revolution card. I've not seen these card. yet. Okay, one's going to be the House of Black versus Pentagon, Pack, and a returning Eric Redbeard. What? Yes, Eric Redbeard has come back to AEW with, Wrestling, and he's teaming Penta. up with Pack and Penta versus the House of Black. Right. Why has he not gone to the Dark Order? I don't know, David, but I'm really looking forward to Eric Redbeard versus Brody King. I want to see this as a single match. While I take this in, I've got no issue with Eric Redbeard um, at all. I think, you know, him. But the logical thing, surely, would be for him to join and take over as the new leader of the Dark Order. Or am I missing a trick here? I don't think you're missing a trick. If you look at the card, the Dark Order really doesn't have anything on Revolution. Yeah, okay. Then, yeah, okay. Um, well, anyway, I'm not being funny. On paper, that should be decent enough. I'll look forward to that, to be fair. And the other match that's going to be on the pre-show for AEW Revolution is our buddy Hook versus everybody's favorite professional wrestler trainer, QT Marshall. Obviously, a little bit of an extended match. Hook goes over. No no drama there. Um, Hook's obviously on the big push. He'll get the big pop. He'll get the cheer. For winning, he's very, very popular, and he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to. He's just popular. He's just naturally popular. To be honest, good card shaping up, my friend. Um, just need to get Jade Cargill off it. Well, you know, as long as she beats Taikani and I get one point towards the Churchill Cup, that's all that matters get, for that match. I think you'll get that, mate. I don't think you've got any worries, sir. Standing question number four for the week. What do you want to see Tony Khan do with his new acquisition? I don't mind, okay? I was surprised, pleasantly surprised with the announcement. As you know, and anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I'm a huge 2002 Ring of Honor fan, original days, and I thought the Danielson-Daniels opener on Wednesday night was not only very, very good, then they enhanced the storyline, which I thought was quite clever. Got Daniels over, but not, you know, not to the detriment of Danielson and the storyline. It missed low key, obviously, which is the, the match he was, Tony was referring to. And I think Tony will try and produce Ring of Honor as Ring of Honor should be. Professional wrestling at its finest. Hopefully... Because it's Tony, and he will be able to put a little bit more money in and intersperse talents from AEW into Ring of Honor, or this new version, shall we say. Hopefully, it will get an audience, and I think it will. He's going to have to be very, very careful, though, with regards to crossovers and try and keep them separate entities. It isn't going to be easy. But at first impressions, I'm really glad he's done it. 
because I didn't want to lose Ring of Honor and I'm prepared to give whatever they do with this new company, give it a chance and give it a shout. You know, the one thing that Ring of Honor has going for it is the fact that Tony Khan seems to be a big fan of Ring of Honor wrestling because the first thing you picture when you see this is, oh, remember when WWE brought back ECW and it was nowhere near like ECW. It was like the most watered down version of ECW you could ever imagine. And it only lasted, what, like three years, I think? Yeah, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind, Sean, that Tony Khan won't do that. No doubt in my mind. This will be, whatever he does, it will be in true deference. You had the early, early days of honor. I'm just thinking as off the top of my head. Then you had things like the Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson era, and the war with CCW, thinking of prominent moments. You had the age of the fall with Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs, stuff like that. You had some great, you know, even going back to when um, Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson left and they brought back Cornette as the general manager. And that show, Glory by Honor 8, in the Hammersmith Ballroom, is Hammerstein Ballroom, sorry, please Hammersmith, I've gone into West London, in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, is one of their best ever all-time shows. You look at the lineup on that card, and it's it's it's, it's like a wet dream. Excuse the crudity, but it is. It's absolute perfection. And I think that Tony will honour stuff, no pun intended, honour stuff like that. I really, really do. I think if it fails, it won't be for, for the lack of it will go soft. And it won't go. He'll keep it traditional. Exactly. Now, the best thing is this gives him an opportunity to use more of the talent that he has on this AEW roster that we see on Dark and Elevation. And you sprinkle in a Jay Lethal, a Johnson Gresham. Oh, hey, back on AEW Dark, I got to see Daniel Garcia versus Josh Woods in a professional wrestling match. If you have not seen that match, Go on to YouTube and watch it. Do you know who I think's an obvious big name to go over there? And I thought about this during the week. Christian. Because what's he doing in AEW? Very little. And he was a big name. He was a big draw when he was announced. Well, you know, Tony gave him big smoke up his bum. Um, and he's done nothing with it. And that is because of this very reason that you've just said. Put him on Ring of Honor, make him a big deal. He could be their first world champ. Legitimately. Because he's a big name and he, he has some... Doesn't have to keep it for long. Yeah, it could work. I can see that as a possibility. Honestly, I feel like this whole time that Christian has been in AEW has been a really disservice to Christian. And honestly, I wish there was another promotion in North America that he could go to, but there's not. And Christian would... I mean, okay, fine, yes. But I was thinking, he doesn't really match up in New Japan. I don't think Christian in New Japan would do anything. I mean, he would do more than what he's doing in AEW. Yeah, I mean, mate, I don't know what to say, but there's a lot of examples. I've used Christian as an example because it's the one that immediately hit me after the, you know, you know how you, me and you start doing our, um, you know, our booking in our head and what have you, and we're normally not too bad at it. And and this was one for me. Miro, you know, what's Miro going to do when he comes back? Have they got a big push for him? You've got all these big lads. Miro... Put Miro in Ring of Honor. It'd be a monster. He could kill everyone. Ooh, give me Johnson Grissom versus Miro in a match. Yeah, yeah. yeah that should be the first Ring of Honor title match under World this AEW match. banner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, see? And and you're right. It's coming from... The, they've got talent that they've not... You, all right, Miro, Miro has been injured. You know, you can't help that. But, you know, Christian and Miro are two of the immediate... Oh, stick best friends in there because I don't want to see best friends. 
you know, and then let Danhausen, like, mind you, Danhausen will probably go back to Ring of Honor. You could put Danhausen back in Ring of Honor. You know, people like this and give them a better, give them the Ring of Honor platform again, but it'll be slightly better because there'll be more eyes on it and better production values. Exactly. For the longest time, Ring of Honor has been handcuffed by the fact that St. Clair, the company that owns Ring of Honor and the station they are on in North America, has given them basically a shoestring deal and never gave them the most money to get better production values. And that's why Ring of Honor always seems to be a step behind when it comes to their production values. Now, with the money of a con, I feel like we're going to get the best Ring of Honor that we ever seen. Yep, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think, unless he makes a dog's bull bag of it, and let's face it, it's taken him three years to sort AEW out, right? And it has... You can argue all day long with me. We are now getting the best AEW product so far at the moment. It's taken three years, and it's taken some hard and long and painful lessons. But he's got there, and he is now producing professional wrestling that cynical old marks like myself are enjoying, looking forward to. And at my age, that's the biggest compliment I can pay, Tony, that I, can, that I am looking forward to. I look forward to Dynamite every week, and I look forward to the pay-per-views I'm looking forward to tonight, and spoiling it for you while you're at work. Well, I'm going to stay away from my social medias for Sunday night during that time frame, <laughs> so I know what you're up to. But stunning question number five for the week. Back on AEW Rampage, we got the um, threat that Paige Van Sam is going to sign a AEW contract. Does Paige Van Sam need to be in AEW Wrestling? I don't know. Um, more to the point, does AEW Wrestling need Paige Van Zandt? Um, And I don't think they do. Um, don't get me wrong, she's obviously naming MMA and America's Top Team. Actually, doing a bit of digging with um, regards, obviously, I'm, I'm going off centre with the, regarding the big UFC match tonight. To see how, yeah, I didn't realise quite how huge America's top team are within the MMA sport. So I think that that's just AEW going up because the WWE have got Rhea Ripley, Ronda Rousey, you know, etc. They've got, you know, ladies known MMA. Well, they've got the most famous MMA lady in the world ever in Ronda Rousey. But I think it's, I think that's more AEW just saying we can do this too, you know, and we're going to get a good name in Paige Van Zandt. Um, but no, they don't need each other. Well, you know, I feel like with Paige, I feel like she would be perfect for a Ring of Honor Women's Division member. I'd just rather see her come into the company and maybe do a highlight, like, yeah, one big angle. Then you get to see her on, like, dark elevation, dark, just having match after match. Because I feel like it's going to take her some time to transition over into professional wrestling. I feel like she has the personality, she has the look. But can she actually do professional wrestling? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. AEW have obviously got some good trainers there. You know, Serena D um, would be ideal for her to teach her, you know, the nuances of taking an MMA background and, and turning it into, you know, a, a quasi-shoot, if you like. But no, AEW don't need her. They've got enough potential cock-up women in that in that organization you know you've got Britt baker's turned out to be a pleasant surprise you've got thunder rosa you've got two or three more good women that you build them around and that's all you need and that's all you need i'm sorry no i don't in my honestly we could go around in circles 
Paige doesn't really need professional wrestling, or she shouldn't. Maybe she's just seen, you know, dollar signs. But AEW certainly don't need Paige Van Zandt. Okay, sixth and final stunning question of the week. <sighs> we kind of already touched on it just a little bit, but where would you love to see Claudio Casanelli end up in professional wrestling since he's no longer with the WWE? Well, yeah, I mean, we have we pretty much answered it. Get him on board. Get him in. Um, he, as Cesaro, he was a huge name. Bring him back to Claudio. But personally... My personal little um, tickle wish would be get Hero in as well and reignite the kings of wrestling, either in AEW or the new version of ROH, which is where, obviously, they first first teamed together. I loved the kings of wrestling. They were absolutely magnificent as a tag team. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen them, if you because they are, you know, it was Claudio in his first, you know, proper roles as... Um, and with with Chris Hero or Cassius Ono from NXT, you you will know him as. But they were known as the Kings of Wrestling, and they were absolutely fantastic. Um, and that that would be my ideal role. But yeah, I hope I'm sure Tony will pick Cesaro up. Now my suggestion would be they get this Supercar Honor pay per view coming up on WrestleMania weekend. I feel like yep. after the Ring of Honor World Title match and Jonathan Gresham retains over whoever he faces, the person yep. that comes out to challenge Jonathan yep. Gresham next should be Claudio Casanelli because I feel like that'd be the perfect launching point for this new Ring of Honor. Yep. Yeah, that's very good booking, mate. It would get me a tickle. I, I've, I've got to be honest. It would excite me. And to yeah. me, Claudio has always been a main event player. And he could easily yeah. be somebody's world champion. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But again, we were talking about this. Christian, Miro, Claudio. There you go. We've got three potential world champions for Ring of Honor. Well, before we go this week, I have to mention that you should go back and check out NXT UK because the main event yeah. between Gradenoff yeah. and Nathan yeah. Fraser yeah. was freaking amazing. <laughs> and was, next, yeah. and this it coming was. up Thursday... I won't give you guys a hint. You need to check out NC UK this coming up Thursday because we're going to see a kid versus William Regal's son in a match. Yeah. And that's going to be amazing looking, as well. For me, that's going to be really strange. Being the older man and seeing um, seeing Regal live as a 16, 17-year-old um, on the British circuit when I was a kid. Um, I Matthews Jr., I, 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 I can't wait. I can't wait because he's got to have some of his old man in him. He's got to have. And and Regal has always been one of my favourite all-time professional wrestlers. From the British scene, You, I had him, Les Kelly, which I've of, often eulogised about on this uh, this show. Nigel McGuinness has always been a particular favourite of mine. Chris Renfrew, who we've had on the show, as we go through the years. A Regal Jr. is just good for wrestling. It's good for business. And you're absolutely bang on with that recommendation, Sean. Did he notice that did he change Dragunov's music when he came out? Because it yes. really feels different now. I mean, we all know the reason why they changed the music. Because it was so much like the Soviet Union theme. And with everything going on around the world right now with Russia invading the Ukraine. I can see why they did the change. And you know, part of me thought... For a second, they might have took the title off Dragunov and gave it to Nathan Frazier. Yeah, that would be taking things a little bit to the extreme because they can make slight changes to the character. Dragunov's going to be a busy boy in the next couple of months. He's got a lot of work with progress coming up, but let's face it, 
you can't have enough Ilya Dragunov. Exactly. If you want great professional wrestling, right now you need to check out Progress and NC UK and sprinkle in some AEW, but everything else in North America is nowhere near as good as Progress or NC UK. I never ever thought I'd say this about Progress, but their shows at the moment, uh, they're getting it right. They still have some issues. But they're getting it right. You know, the addition of Dean Allmark. The Smoking Aces, who have to be my favourite tag team at the moment, ongoing. Absolutely fantastic. They're bringing in Gresham. They're bringing in Dragunov. Just excellent stuff at the moment. Really, really good stuff. And that will bring the crowds back. The incident, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube of Dragunov confronting Cara Noir at this Manchester show called Technique. Um, it's right at the end. There's about a two or three minute YouTube clip of and the way they do it is very clever, very well done. And I am old enough and ugly enough, even if I don't like something, but if it's good and this is good and this is restoring my faith in, you know, in professional wrestling again. Well, David, that three to four minute clip from Progress episode showed you how to properly do these surprise appearance yeah. and... Oh my word, they lost their freaking mind when they saw yeah. who it was and they saw the interaction between Dragonoff and Kara. And for you who don't know Kara, Kara's this character who's kind of like an enigmatic personality. He doesn't speak, he lets his actions speak for him. And there's this big rivalry between him and Dragonoff that goes all over Europe for numbers of years. And like Dragonoff says, he hasn't forgot Kara. And he wants to make something beautiful. Well, basically in 2020-21, they had a series of three matches which were just perfection. With Kara going over 2-2-1. Two, two to one. Kara Noir is known as the Black Swan. He looks like a male ballet dancer. The gimmick is a male ballet dancer. The gentleman that plays the character is a former ballet dancer. So therefore he has a ballet dancer's physique. But that brings something unique into the wrestling ring. So he's not a big muscle. He hasn't got an ounce of fat on him. He's very muscly, but he's not over-muscled. But you know that when he's taking punishment, he has actually got the physique to take it. So it gives it an element of realism. But I can't wait for this. I genuinely can't. Fair play to progress. Um, they've come back after a difficult period for British wrestling. And whilst, say, their pr uh, principally main rivals were Red, would be Rev Pro, and ICW, they've got they've got Osprey as their world champion, and they're struggling. Although their next show headlines with Osprey versus Minoru Suzuki, which was just like oh, oh, that should do quite well. Um, but yeah, ICW are struggling up in Glasgow at the moment um, because they haven't got the stars or the talent um, at the moment. Well, they've got the talent, but it's not well known and it's not been built as well as um, as Progress have done. So it will be interesting times to be a fan of British companies. Exactly, and no better place for you to find out all your British wrestling information than Radio Free for Fresher Wrestling. As we head on into the spring of 2022, David, we're going to wrap up this episode, and we will see you this coming Tuesday evening as we recap AEW Revolution and hopefully me regaining the Churchill Cup. I'll get to see you twice in a week so you can have the Churchill Cup because I'll get to see you twice in a week. What more could I want? <laughs>
Exactly, because I know you already got the puns and the jokes when you're going to claim victory over me. No, 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 I'm, mate, I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with my trophy, and, you know, I don't mind, because I know that even if I do lose, it'll be coming back soon. Well, until we see you this coming up Tuesday evening, have a stunning start to your week, and enjoy AEW Revolution. Yep. Stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.